Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Matthew 25. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who was uh, leaving on a trip. Okay, even, like, that's such an interesting first sentence. Do we ever take notice, like, how interesting the Bible is? Okay, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was leaving on a trip. He called his servants and handed his possessions over to them. To one he gave five valuable coins, and to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. He gave to each servant according to that servant's ability. Then he left on his journey. After the man left, the servant who had five valuable coins took them and went to work doing business with them. He gained five more. In the same way, the one who had two valuable coins gained two more. But the servant who had received the one valuable coin dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five valuable coins came forward with five additional coins. He said, Master, you gave me five valuable coins. Look, I've gained five more. His master replied, Excellent. You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I've put you in charge of much. Come celebrate with me. The second servant also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two valuable coins. Look, I've gained two more. His master replied, Well done. You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I put you in charge of much. Come celebrate with me. Now the one who had received one valuable coin came and said, uh, Master, I knew that you are a hard man. You harvest grain where you haven't sown. You gather crops where you haven't spread seed. So I was afraid, and I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Here, you have what's yours. His master replied, You evil ooh, and lazy servant. You knew that, that I harvest grain where I haven't sown and that I gather crops where I haven't spread seed. In that case, you should have turned my money over to the bankers so when I returned, you could have given me what belonged to me with interest. Therefore, take from him the valuable coin and give it to the one who has ten coins. Those who have much will receive more and they will have more than they need. But as for those who don't have much, even the little bit they have will be taken away from them. Now take the worthless servant and throw him out into the farthest darkness. All right. Okay. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> God loves you. I promise we'll get there. We are starting a brand new sermon series. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay. So can, uh, can I get a drum roll, please? Ooh, can I get a serious drum roll, please? Yes, we're launching. Practicing a powerful, yes. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. Some of you are ahead of me. So the what we're gonna do whenever we have this, whenever I announce the sermon series, is we're all gonna say yes as loud as you can. Just once, though. Okay. <laughs> as loud as you can. And if you want to say yes, you are welcome to code switch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the 
this is the tongue of my people. So, um, so our sermon series is practicing a powerful. Yeah, yeah! that's great. That's great. That's great. Um, so uh, we, as we do with every sermon series, we have a sermon series challenge. Your challenge for this series is to hold every item you own and keep only the things that spark joy. Okay, buckle up. We're in 2023 and we're not going lightly. So, uh, so uh, hold every item that you own and then uh, keep only the things that spark joy. Thank the things that don't spark joy and send them off to their next home. Uh, on Wednesday, we'll be checking in on Circle. There will be a little opportunity uh, uh, to post an update. Circle is our social platform. So if you are on your worship companion, on the back of the worship companion, there's a QR code to join Circle for free. And if you're joining us on the live stream, you can um, uh, navigate the in the menus. There's a little thing for Circle. It's just a way for us to keep in touch with each other that doesn't require like the Facebook algorithm that's hacking all of our lives and eventually destroying our entire world. So, uh, so, so please, uh, do that. Did you see that the Seattle school district is suing social media companies because of how destructive it is for children's mental health? Oop, okay. So that's why we're in circle. Cha la 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 la. <laughs> uh, um, there is, if this sounds kind of freaky to you, there is kind of an order to tidying and that will make that will for sure make it easier and that order is on the sermon series handout we'll also post it to circle and so uh here's just like the pro tip from the get-go don't don't tidy the things that have emotional significance for you we call those mementos so don't tidy your mementos until the very end we're going to just tidy the other stuff first to kind of hone your internal discernment, and then we'll do mementos at the very end. Um, so after this sermon, there will be a chance to hear from all of you. I would love to uh, hear from all of you. Um, when is a time when you faced a hard decision and discerned an answer? When is a time when you faced a hard decision and discerned an answer? So after this sermon, there will be like an open mic, and then if like two or three folks want to share, you'd be welcome to. Out of legal, legal obligation, I also must name that uh, uh, I did ask the, I did email Marie Kondo and was like, hey, can I just like use your thing for my church in this sermon series? And she said, uh, actually, Sid from the KonMari team replied and said, um, you can just give a little bit of attribution. So uh, just saying up front that a lot of my journey with tidying has been deeply informed by the Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which is kind of her main book, as well as her two Netflix series, um, Tidying Up, which uh, looks at kind of your personal, how to tidy up your home, as well as Sparking Joy, which is about tidying up your workplace, which is also very uh, good. So, um, yep, Sid, if you're watching, that one's for you. So, uh, so let's dive into scripture a little bit. Uh, uh, just to review... We heard about a story about a person who uh, gave uh, five coins to one person, and that person with five coins was able to turn into ten coins. Uh, a person who got two coins that was able to turn into four, and a person who got one coin and turned into nothing. And I want to name right up front that interpreting this parable without a kingdom mindset gets real bad real fast. Like... 
is seeing this as like a scriptural imperative to be a terrible capitalist is like to basically like a, a, a divine sanction for being the bad guy of like every kid's show is like, um, like this is, this is not what the scripture is about. The scripture is not about, um, get rich quick. The scripture is not about, um, you're only valuable if you're earning a profit. The scripture is not about, um, like your job on earth is to dominate the business sector. Like that's um, not what this scripture is about. And we can tell because we can put this scripture in conversation with other things that Jesus said in the book of Matthew. This is a, a tool, by the way, for whenever you're interpreting scripture is to try to think of like, what are what is the general message and how can we put these several parables in conversation with each other so that we don't just kind of take one and then run with it to justify our uh, multi-level marketing scheme. So uh, so if we look at Matthew 19, which is just a couple chapters before, we have this uh, swanky little scripture that says, go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So like, Right off the bat, and this is one of like a jillion of, of Jesus really talking about how we're supposed to relate to money. Uh, several times throughout all of the Gospels, uh, Jesus talks about the risk of accumulating wealth. In uh, the Gospel of Luke, he talks about you can't serve God and wealth at the same time. Ooh, okay. And so like as a, as a scriptural interpreter, I look at the other parts of the Gospel and say like, this scripture, therefore, can't really be about simply the accumulation of money. Like, this can't really be about um, uh, uh, the coins being literal currency that it's our job to multiply. Instead, we look at the types of things that Jesus wants us to multiply. So we could think of, uh, you know, if you have five units of love, how can you turn that into ten units of love? If you have two units of justice, how can you turn that into four units of justice? And if you have even one dream from God that does not come to fruition, imagine the uh, the grief that that causes God uh, who trusted you with this valuable coin. So, like, we could start to think of, like, a little bit more of the uh, the trust or the theology of how God is asking you to steward the things in your life. And that isn't just about money, but he's using a story about money because it's very easy to understand. It's very accessible. Um, and and so, like, you know, uh, interpreters like me are like, let's just tra-la-la, let's just skip through and think of how can we uh, multiply peace in our world or how can we multiply, like, faith? And, and uh, like, you know, I love that kind of thing. But I do, especially given this sermon series, I want to be clear that if we get too woo-woo about it, too theoretical, that we convince ourselves God doesn't care that what we do with our stuff, then we're doing violence to this parable. Like, God cares about what we do with our stuff. God cares about what we do with our money, with our relationships, with our time, with our stuff. And, like... Sometimes when I interpret scripture, it's like, we're just multiplying the idea of liberation. And God's like, okay, so tell me how you're using your stuff. You know, like, like, show me how your relationship with stuff is. Show me that the, the way that you relate to stuff is not another form of idolatry, which is simply saying that something good is being confused for God. You know what I mean? So it's not saying that uh, uh, any of your stuff is bad or I'm not really an ascetic in that sense, but more like 
does something have power over you greater than the the source of love in the universe? If that's the case, then your life is going to be miserable because you're always going to be serving the thing that has more power over you. And like, and uh, this is a really big theme uh, for in America for us to look at our stuff because I did a little bit of research and the average American home contains 300,000 items. The average American home contains 300,000 items, which means even if you're like, on the lower end of that curve, like me, even if you grew up where you didn't have a lot, that's still like a hundred thousand items. Like that's still like many thousands of things going on, right? And, um, and I think that in this time of, uh, uh, industrialized productivity where there's just a lot of things we can just order whatever you want on a whim from Amazon and get it in your hands in like an incredible small amount of time. Like we invented technology so that you can click a thing on a, on a box that sends a message to space and then back so that you can get another TV remote, uh, in like 15 minutes while your TV remote was just under the cushion over there. You know, like there, like this is like kind of the age that we're, living in and we have to like really examine how we're relating to stuff and of course in a late capitalist society we especially have to think critically about this because people are spending millions of dollars to convince you that you need to buy more stuff and so and and are getting really good at those targeted ads i'm like how did you know that this is like literally it's amazing uh what we've developed and, um, and of course I'm pro tech and I'm pro, um, I have, I have a communications background, like marketing isn't intrinsically evil, anything like that. I'm just saying that it's not the marketer's job to track your relationship with stuff. It's your job to track your relationship with stuff. And when we, uh, start looking at faith, we kind of have to like realize that no one else is going to do that work for us. Um, here's another stat that, um, admittedly is from a for-profit company <laughs> who was selling an app, but they found in their research, Americans collectively spend a whopping $2.7 billion every year, two-thirds of us spending up to $50 yearly, simply replacing the items they can't find. Ah! <laughs> like, we got an issue here, folks. Like, that's, that's a, that's a, that's an issue. Like, if we're spending 50 bucks a year, uh, on stuff, that's 50 bucks that we could be spending on, uh, enjoying time with our friends for taking that so-called self-care that you're so elusively trying to grasp for, for giving to the poor, for like helping someone have a warm meal. Like all, <laughs> there's, there's like other ways that that $50 could do something. And, and we, we're losing our stuff. And we can't even, like, find the things that we already have, and so we're replacing it. Like, do you see how this starts to be, like, a, uh, a matter of spiritual significance? Because it's, it's, uh, the, the market, hyper-marketing era that we're in is, um, is embedding us, flooding us with so much stuff that we're, like, tripping over ourselves. So, um, like another way to say that is like, I have kingdom aspirations, but I can't find my keys, <laughs> you know, where it's like, like even for folks who care about justice, it's like, 
how much time do we lose just trying to like manage the stuff that we have that we would like to be doing other things, you know, like, like literally moments where I'm like, man, I should really go to that protest. Uh, where is the, I, I had a bunch of tag board and markers. Where are those things? Where's my clergy shirt that I only wear when I'm officiating funerals and when I'm going to a protest? Like, where, where are you? Like, do you see how, like, even practically these things are, like, preventing us from, like, standing up for our values? And so this sermon series is about discernment. These are big words. Discernment and stewardship, i.e., like, these series are about how can you go about listening to an interior whisper of God? I know folks who are new to Christianity are like, what did he just say? How can you go listen to like a certain like divine intuition, a certain message from God that is like trying to guide you into a path towards abundance and towards community liberation? That's discernment. And then stewardship is like, what are you going to do with the stuff that God gave you? Like, what are you going to do with the stuff that you have? Another simpler way to say this is that this sermon series is about practicing no and practicing yes, specifically looking at our relationship with, like, the things that we are in charge of. So I want to be uh, super clear up front because I used to be someone who... Uh, really struggled with uh, uh, messiness. I was like, man, there's just like piles of things that I don't even know. They've been around for so long that I don't know what is in the pile anymore. Ever have that? Or like um, just constantly losing things, just constantly like having a really hard time managing my space. And whenever I heard about things like tidying or these processes, I was like, that's nice, but it's not going to work for me because like I clean and then like three milliseconds later, it's like a active carnival in my life again. Like it, it just is right back to it. That's not going to work for me. And this is like just like some pursuit of like upper middle class white women who want to show off on Instagram. Like this is not like for me, for me. And I uh, did this process for uh, tidying and it completely changed my mind on what tidying actually is about. So I want to be super clear. This sermon series is not about, uh, it's not about being Instagram perfect. Uh, okay. I don't care about like how like, uh, perfectly the light dapples onto your plants in your window. Like I don't care about how like popular your, the tidiness of your home is going to make you. That is not the intention of this sermon series. The intention of this sermon series is about stewardship. And so it's not like, it's like, not how can your space look perfect for other people, but rather how can your space be kind of this like home base where all of your stuff sparks joy and is supportive of you. So perfection is like when there's joy around you. And if that means uh, having a bunch of stuff on the walls, or if that means having like your really ugly leopard print Snuggie on your couch, like let the leopard print Snuggie be, you know, like that's, it's not, this is not about looks of things and it's not about shame either. Um, okay. Secondly, this is not about minimalism. So this is uh, like the goal of this sermon series. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen minimalists on the internet who are like, how I live my life with four and a half items. And it's just like, what? <laughs> like a piece of floss, <laughs> one leaf and two chopsticks. And it's like, how is 
that's not a thing. This isn't a thing. What are you talking about? So, um, like, so the goal of this is not to get rid of stuff. The goal of this is for you to decide what you are keeping. So it, the emphasis, even though, like, you, through, if you do this process, inevitably there will be some stuff that you, like, kind of send to their next home. The goal of this is not to attack the, the things. It's more to, like, treasure the things that spark joy and to create space for those things. So it's all about, like, um, deciding what you're going to keep, even if you decide to keep a lot. Um, I know that there are some fashionistas at, at New City Church, some high fashion folks who are like, I have three closets of clothes. Like, are you asking me to like pare that down? That's not fair. I'm not saying that. This series is like, hold each one of those clothing items and then decide that it sparks joy and decide to keep it. And if that ends up being three closets full, hallelujah, you have three closets full of joy. That's amazing. But like, What's not going to happen is for your closets to become a landfill where, like, the thing that sparks joy three years ago just doesn't see the light of day until it's, like, literally decomposed and you just have a pile of dirt in your closet. Like, we're literally not going to wait for, like, like, m- like molecular biology to handle your, your clutter problem. So, um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, lastly, this sermon series is not about a woman's job. I just want to name that, like, there's a lot of, like, weird gender things going on uh, when we talk about, like, the domestic, the, it's woman's, whatever, whatever. Like, I think that as a cisgender man, sometimes I've been socialized to, like, think of tidiness as kind of like a lady thing, and then my job is to, like, kill things or, like, or I don't know. I, I, I never got the details exactly, but it's not home stuff you know like it's like and and i just want to name like um uh it's not feminine to uh take inventory of the things that you have and to just and to practice agency in your life it's like a that's like a human being thing that's not like a gendered thing and it's um really unjust to expect women in our lives to perpetually clean the spaces that we're occupying men. So like we, we kind of have to take responsibility, uh, for, uh, for our stuff as well. And just to, uh, put an exclamation point on this point. Um, I Googled top NFL football player, uh, because I was like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, uh, under, like, okay, like, let's look at masculinity and the, and the, how they relate to their homes. And so I, um, uh, turn up Aaron Donald, who's the number one NFL, like, number one, like, worth, like, a player who earns millions of dollars. And I looked at pictures of his home, y'all. It's tidy! Okay? It's like a $17 million mansion that is immaculate. And so, like, if Aaron Donald, all 300 pounds of Aaron Donald, can bring himself around his house and tidy up his home, then, like, for sure, for sure, that is something that every gender expression of person can go about doing. This is what, that's the only reason why I brought this up. That's, I'm just trying to name. And, um, in the wisdom of, of tidying, um, the goal is to work from the things that you have the least emotional attachment to, or like the, the things that are 
easiest to decide if they spark joy and then work your way down to the things that are the hardest to decide if you spark joy. Because you're uh, uh, trying to like hone your, your internal guidance to see if um, what sparks joy. And for many folks, uh, the way to start that is with clothes. Like, uh, th this is like the one valuable coin that we're going to practice with here. Uh, that, like, we're going to start looking at clothes because most folks have pretty strong opinions about their clothes. And it's, um, and most folks, no matter what economic standing, uh, you're in, uh, most folks have clothes. And so we're going to start looking at clothes and look at, um, whether or not these items spark joy. So here's your process. Place every article of clothing you own into one pile. One pile. Uno. Just one pile. Everything. Everything that can be considered a garment. I, I feel the collective distress in the room rising. Just stick with me here. We have to, we have to, this process only works if we sort by category. If you sort by room, then you will be perpetually doing little tidying here and there uh, your entire life. If we sort by category, then you do a really hard push once, you set up a system that works, and then the system maintains itself. So like I, uh, after doing this process, I ma have made modifications, but basically 100% of my stuff is in its home 100% of the time because of the process and sorting by category. So it's gonna be work, but we're gonna, we're gonna do it together. We're a community doing this together. So take every article of clothing that you own in one pile. By the way, don't do this for your roommate. Don't do this for your spouse. Don't do this, uh, for now, don't do this for your kids. Like, just try to just, yeah, yeah, we're giving, we're cutting some slack for some parents. So like, just try to do this for your, you're trying to gain a sense of ownership over the things that you actually own. So, uh, so just do this for your stuff. And that includes like, uh, jackets in the closet, your winter stuff over here, your, uh, summer clothes over here, all the clothes, because you're trying to get a sense of how much you actually own. And unless you see it in one spot, you're not going to see how much you actually own. And unless you know how much you actually own, you can't really steward it. So like, um, so, so this is the, this is the goal. Hold each one and ask if it sparks joy. Like hold the item in your hands and ask if it sparks joy. Not glance at it. Don't like, uh, yep, 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 yep. No, no, no. It has, there has to, you're trying to connect into your like gut instinct about this. Hold uh, each one and see if it sparks joy. If it does spark joy, then store it visibly. And what I mean by that is um, uh, if it's out of sight, then it's out of mind. So try to store something in a way that when you open the drawer, it's very easy to see what is in the drawer. When you look at the closet, it's very easy to see what looks in the closet. And the easiest way to do that is to fold things in a way so that they're, they're stored vertically. Do you understand like the difference between these two drawers? It's not just that this one looks messy and that one looks tidy. It's that when you open the one on the right, you can see how many shirts you actually have. And as this is the key, because if you can see how many shirts you have, then the next time someone's like, hey, do you want this shirt? Then you can, you can automatically ask yourself, hmm, do I need a shirt? And you can think of this drawer. 
This also helps to create like kind of a container space of like, I'm going to agree to myself that I only have one drawer's worth of shirts. And therefore, if your drawer is full and someone offers you a shirt, then you know in your head that you have to get rid of one if you are going to accept that one. Do you understand what I'm saying? So store it visibly, ideally all in one spot. Like kind of like all my clothes live here. Uh, so we're trying to move away from having a bunch of small things all throughout your living space. Just like all my clothes kind of live in this one spot so that I can kind of, even when I'm casually passing by, I can passively take inventory of, of what I own. This is how the system maintains itself. If what you hold doesn't spark joy, then you thank it and rehome it. This is also an important detail because a lot of times people think they have to Hulk smash their way through tidying. Like, I don't want this. Ah, I'm gonna die. It goes in the trash. Don't look at it anymore. Like, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to find peace with it. And that means that sometimes things were emotionally significant for you, but they no longer are. So you hold it and you say, like, thank you. I looked really cute in this shirt and now it's time to move on. Thank you for providing me those days of looking really cute. Farewell. And you can donate it. You can uh, toss it in the trash. You can uh, post it on Circle to see if anybody else wants it. Like these are, uh, whatever it is, it can't stay in, in your place anymore. Sometimes I create a separate pile that's like, I haven't made my decision yet, and so I'm going to go through the whole process, and then I'll kind of loop back to this pile. That's totally fine. But um, the goal is that you are like internally um, sharpening your ability to discern what you would like to like keep and what you would like to move on. And this, by the way, is a life skill that will help in every area of your life. Because when you are able to discern with a little then like you are able to discern with a lot more after that, you know, like if you're like uh, discerning a little with your life, then eventually you'll be able to create space to receive things that are more intensively part of your life. And uh, just to create a very tangible example, like I Marie Kondoed through my whole uh, belongings, everything changed. It, it significantly changed my life. And because of that confidence of having a little bit more agency in my space, I said yes to pastoring a second church <laughs> at Northeast. So like, there's a certain like wherewithal and confidence that you get from this, but it only comes when you connect with your body and you cultivate the intuition. Amen? Amen.